And just like old people like me need to be cool to text, I think younger people need to consider the possibility that maybe a phone call might be beneficial, you know? Pick up the damn phone. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 179 of Yes Hand with me, Judy Holler. This episode is brought to you by our studio sponsor, Advocare, a company, one of my favorite companies, by the way. They've been a podcast sponsor for two years, and they are on a mission to help you feel better, look better, do better with their athlete endorsed, that's right, athlete endorsed line of epic supplements. So guys, go check them out. Link in the show notes, advocare.com. And don't pay full price if you decide to go shopping. We've got a code. Use feelbetter15, that's feelbetter15, to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. All right, y'all, welcome back or welcome to the show. I am so damn glad you are here. As always, it means the world to me that you spend some time with me every week, you know, new episodes every Wednesday. And I'm always thinking about you, right? And what to write for you each week, who to bring on for you each week. So if you haven't DM'd me or dropped me an email lately, hello at judyholler.com or find me on Instagram at judyholler. And Talk to me about what you're loving on the show, what you'd love to hear more of, what topics you'd love to hear me cover, what questions do you have for me? Maybe I'll do a question box on my Instagram today. I love hearing from you. This show is really for you. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about some of the things we have coming up here on the show. And today's going to be one of those episodes. You know, we just came out of speaker school launch, our first ever speaker school launch, which is and was so exciting. We've got an incredible group of rock stars, CMOs, senior VPs, people who want to speak full-time, people who are already rocking their careers and want to take it to the next level. We've just got a, a, a team, a squad of, of incredible humans in the spring 2023, inaugural, <laughs> Uh, class of speaker school. And I'm really excited about that. We have our first live call uh, the day after this podcast airs. And, you know, as I was preparing for the launch, the reason I bring it up, and by the way, yes, we are going to be launching again in fall. It is by popular demand. Um, We are playing with how often we're going to open this course up, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. So we're going to do another tour this fall, September 2023. If you are interested, hop on over to judyholla.com, by the way, get yourself on the wait list. You can go to the speaker school tab. I'll also link up in the show notes. There's a link in my bio on Instagram as well. You can just enter your email and you're on our wait list and you'll be the first to know when doors open. And I always give special surprises and special early access to our waitlist people. So make sure you get yourself on the wait list if you're interested. But Speaker School is really a course for people to learn about the keynote speaking business, the business of speaking, since I don't do any coaching. I'm not a coach. I'm not a private coach. I don't have the bandwidth because I am an active keynote speaker. Um, this is my way to answer the call of that popular request that I get. Like, how do I get into the business? And how do I speak better on stage? And all these things. But it's also, you know, for the person who does want to shine a light on their business by getting on more stages and pitching and selling and performing better and and understanding audiovisual and how do you put a presentation together and how do you rehearse and how do you navigate fear and how do you get out of your own way? There's so much mental health and mental wealth conversation 
in speaker school. So today I have on the show someone who's going to be very interesting to you if you are someone who is in speaker school, wants to speak, maybe you're not in speaker school yet. Maybe you um, have built a business or a brand that is starting to get get you noticed and you're starting to get booked on stages and speakers bureaus are, are becoming a part of the conversation. Or maybe you're just new to the world of speaking and trying to figure out the landscape of speaking, this is going to be an incredible conversation for you to listen in on. Also, even if you're not interested in speaking, uh, this is a great entrepreneurial conversation. I have on today, Gail Davis, who is the creator, founder, and owner of GDA, Uh, speakers, Gail Davis speakers. And she is one of my favorite bureau partners. I do a lot of work with GDA. They're quickly becoming one of my favorite speaking bureaus. And you know, she, she built this business from the ground up. It is a women owned business. She employs an incredible group of women who are so aligned and take such good care of their speakers and their clients. And it's just, I'm so impressed by her bureau that I reached out and I was like, yo, listen, Gail, would you come on my show? Like, I want to talk to you about the biz of course, and how speakers can get noticed and how we can work with bureaus better. What works, what doesn't work. But I want to talk to you about your business and your leadership style and, you know, how are you doing this? It's just every interaction I have with her bureau is so high touch and so loving and everybody is so high vibe and so kind. And, you know, that's not the case with a lot of bureaus out there and they've got my attention and they really take such good care of me. And I thought, you know what, let's get Gail on the show to talk about why that is and to talk about what got her into the game and to talk to her a little bit about her leadership style. So we talk about all of it, y'all. I ask her, you know, of course, what got her into the business. We talk about what got her here to the whole world of speaking and managing and working with speakers and kind of being the liaison between a client and a and a speaker, you know, how did she get into this business? We talk about COVID and, you know, how how business was and life was for her and leadership was for her before COVID and and what's it like for her now after COVID. I ask her one of my favorite questions and this is really where we open up a can of worms. She drops so many bombs. I ask her, you know, what was like the worst leadership advice she's ever gotten? But I ask her what, what the best was and like, what are the, what are the pillars, the mantras, the leadership guidelines that sort of light her up as a leader? And what she shares with me is so good. Um, so good. So good. And one of them is a lesson I wish I would have known years ago. It's a Brene Brown piece of advice um, called, uh, she's she's famously quoted for saying, clear is kind. Clear, like being clear with someone is kind. So we talk about that and why it matters and how she uses it. And I think that's just so beautiful. Um, I get myself into trouble all the time because I'm not clear. And we talk a lot about expectations. Um, you know, the reason you are disappointed is because you weren't clear enough. Like there weren't expectations. And so how do we, how, what's a way we can avoid disappointment? Like get really clear. You know, everybody will be a lot happier when we know what we're here to do. So clear is kind. And I think that's a beautiful piece of advice. So we go there. And of course, we talk about working with bureaus and what speakers do that are so annoying and what sucks and what's great. We talk about like 
annoying things that happen on LinkedIn and pitching and selling and putting yourself out there. And just, it's just full of gold. We talk about trends, things she's seeing in the speaking business that are interesting. So um, it's a beautiful conversation. You know, I will disclaimer, let you know in advance, we had some pretty, pretty bummer technical difficulties, like right as, as we're in the middle of our interview and she's dropping gold, all these incredible, uh, pieces of knowledge. We have a leaf blower go right from her through her window. And, um, you know, we, we pause a little to make sure that that sorts itself out. So the audio isn't going to be the best quality, but she is quality. Her message is quality and she is a rock star. So who is Gail Davis? Gail Davis started with decades of experience in corporate marketing and event management. So she comes from event management and the corporate world and was was really working with that company to book speakers for their big events and started doing that, hired one of her first high-profile speakers and was really moved by that entire experience of working with the specific keynote speaker. So shortly after his talk, she she had this speaker because she was so moved by him, signed this like exclusive agreement with her um, as it was her efforts that convinced him to share his specific story after so many years. And it was really her partnership with this specific speaker that anchored the creation of GDA Speaker. She said to me she loved how she watched uh, a human and that human story uh, move a room and change a room and ultimately make big change back in the organization. So anyway, these days, Gail is discovering new talent and has this really beautiful, passionate leadership style that helps her do it on the regular. And GDA Speakers has a beautiful reputation for vetting and curating highly qualified speakers who freaking deliver for their clients, right? And that's the thing, one of the things we talk about in speaker school. I mean, anybody that brings you in, whether it is a a bureau partner, an agent, a meeting planner, a client, I mean, they're putting their reputation on the line with you. This is why you can't fake it till you make it. You can't, you can't be poser nation. You can't duct tape together a demo reel. You can't fake this, you know? You have to, you have to be good and you have to deliver. And that takes time and reps on stage. It takes practice, right? And when someone's paying you and putting their business and their reputation on the line to bring you in, you know, you better deliver. So she is a frequent guest on podcasts and she loves sharing her entrepreneurial uh, insights. We have so many humongo bungo, uh, bike drops and illuminations as we talk today about innovative leadership and her vast knowledge on the speaking industry. She is just a delight. She is an Oklahoma native. She currently lives in Dallas, Texas, baby. And she is just the goat. One of the greatest of all time. I'm such a fan and feeling feeling truly honored that she's on the podcast. I've never had uh, a bureau partner on. I've never had an owner and or CEO of a bureau on. And these are the conversations, the elevated conversations we're having inside of speaker school. But I wanted to put one of those conversations on the podcast for you today um, in case it's of interest, because I think whether you're wanting to speak or whether you're wanting to learn more about leadership and what it looks like to lead today, you're going to get so much value out of my conversation with Gail. So I'm done talking. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the incredible Gail Davis. 
Gail, it is so incredible to have you here on the show. I've got to tell you, you are, and I can't believe this because it's not like my pod. Well, I guess I can because my podcast isn't a speaking business podcast. It's really about the yes and mindset and how we can apply that to business. But you are going to go down in history because you are my first ever like speaking bureau um, colleague that has ever come on to my show. And I'm so glad it's you because the company you run and the company you've built is quite impressive. And I want to talk to you about that today. So Gail, welcome to Yes And. I'm so glad you're here. Wonderful. I love, do you have an (laughs) improv background with that Yes And? Yes, yes. So that's the okay. twist on my work, Gail. Okay. So I, I take the ideas I studied at Second City in Chicago. Okay, per, of course. I, so I, I just knew take, it had to be. Okay. Yep. I take those ideas and help people use them um, to reframe fear. Um, yes. And I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, sales teams, leaders, because we need people to move, right? So we can sell and get results. And so how do we use improv to like build confidence and get results? That's right. So that's the essence of my work. And I feel like as a leader, when you're building anything new, like your company, Gail, I can imagine there's been a lot of yes and moments <laughs> in your life, in your career, like curveballs you never saw coming. So let's talk, let me back up a little bit. What got you, because I know it's a family business as well, but what got you into or your family into the business of working with and managing and sort of helping launch careers of keynote speakers? What got you into the speaking business, the business of speaking? Well, first I was a client and I booked a lot of Mm. speakers in my corporate position. So I had a 20 year career working for a company called EDS, Electronic Data Systems. Mm. And that was a company founded by Ross Perot. And I managed their large corporate sales incentive event every year and always hired three to four speakers for that week-long event. And one year, back in 1994, before there was a Google, the chairman of the company said to me, I want you to find a speaker that's new and different someone that everyone would like to hear, someone that's global in their appeal. And that was his mission. And so completely unrelated, I rented the movie Alive about the 1972 plane crash in the Andes Mountains. At the time, the person I was watching it with said, well, that would be an interesting person to hear. And I was like, who, Ethan Hawke? And he's like, no, not Ethan Hawke, the real guy. (laughs) And that's a story on its own. But let's just say that I went to many bureaus and they told me it was a bad idea and no one would help me. And so on my own, I found the real person, Nando Parado. I convinced him to speak in 1995. It blew me away. And it got me to thinking like, maybe I should be doing this. This maybe is my thing. And so that was in 95. And I continued working at EDS and kind of working with Nando on the side until 1999. In 1999, I left my corporate career and I started GDA Speakers with one speaker. And you say it's a family business. Get out. At times, I have two sons and both of them have worked for me. One of them, it was like when he was in high school, he came by and took the stuff to FedEx and emptied the trash, you know. And the other one worked with me. <laughs> Your a, intern. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more involved. But as of right this moment, it's just me and all the gals here at GDA. Get out. So yeah, it's really been cool. And we I just love that celebrated the 24th anniversary. And you talk about curveballs. There's no doubt. I mean, I'm sure you're going to get to it, but the biggest curveball I have ever 
been served during this 24 years was the pandemic for sure. Mm. But that's how I, I got I think we started. need to talk about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for giving me the backstory. And, you know, it feels like a family business because the women you work with, I mean, honestly, I've I've never felt more well, well taken care of in working with the Bureau. And um, that Aww. is a very special gift to have. And it does feel like you're women-owned and, you know, WB, um, am I going to do, WBENC certified. That's right. Yes, which is incredible. So let's talk about COVID though. I mean, we have to, we have to go there because I know as a keynote speaker, what it did to my world. I mean, overnight, um, you watched your entire livelihood and everything. I mean, I was coming off 2019 was a record record year. I, I hit seven figures for the first time as a keynote speaker and like full year revenue. It was like, I had never been, uh, more booked, more busy. I felt like I was finally getting like people were finally like (laughs) noticing my work. And then Overnight, right? Like goodbye, your entire calendar dissipates, your entire livelihood dissipates. So I know what it's like from a speaker perspective because my friends and I talk about it all the time, but I have not talked to a bureau about what that felt like. So how did your business change with COVID and how are you different now on the other side of sort of what you've learned through that, that trauma? I love the question. Because I do, I have always worked with a business coach, and I remember early on she mm. said, "This may be the greatest gift you've ever been given, but you have to choose Ooh. to look at it that way." So I like her. I, I like you know how are we different because we are different. But how did it impact us? Well, we had 245 events that were impacted, and I choose the word impacted because I don't want to say canceled. Because the force majeure language said it's suspended, not you're not relieved of your obligation, it's suspended. But no one, yes. that was the uncertainty of it. No one knew how long is this suspended thing going to take. And as I yeah. sit here today in 2023, over three years later, out of the 245, I still have three that have not been resolved. And I can tell you the exact details on yeah. them, but uh, that... That's, it was, I say to people, it's like someone walked in the door and said, can I see all your contracts? And then they ripped them up, threw them up in the <laughs> air and put walked them in a shredder. out and said, good luck. So yeah. you're a speaker. So it's all inbound. People are like, we've got to cancel. This is going to change. And you're just dealing with your own reality. But when World. you are the arbitrator of fairness between the speaker contract and the client contract, you're trying to make sure your clients are happy. And you're trying to make sure the speakers are happy. And all I can say is thank goodness for relationships. Those long-term client relationships were easy. None of us liked it. We just worked together and we found a solution, both on the client side and the speaker side. Um, So there were some speakers that were extremely generous to me. And by that, I mean extremely generous. They were like, you have been good to me over the years. I've always got the higher percentage. I'll do whatever you need me to do for you to save this client relationship. And I will never, ever, ever forget that. Forget it. So there were a few that were a little bumpy. I mean, there are people that are like, no, I don't care what the contract says. I get my money back or I'm going to sue you. And, you know, life's too short. So you just kind of navigate through that is what you do. But um, what's the positive impact? Well, we had to let a lot of people go, which was not positive. But 
the gift was really being able to level up when we started to add back and say, okay, we're, it's an opportunity to reinvent ourselves because we went from 12 people down to four. So as we strategically add people back, what caliber of person do we want? You know, what, how do we level up? I mean, that's just the only way I know how to put it. And we really, really have. And, you know, it's, and, and it also was like the great reset with everyone. So, you know, I used, Isn't that nice? I used to be like embarrassed if you go around the table and people, you know, I've been in business, let's say 20 years and people would be like, oh, I've been here 14. I'd be like, oh, that sounds good. And then a year or two years, three years. And that would sound weird. Well, hey, now when you go around the table, I've got a lot of four-year and five-year people. So it means like the people we've added, the people that stuck with us during the pandemic, they're all still here. And then the people that we've added, I think most of them are still here. So it was like the great reset to like reinvent yeah. ourselves and GA 2.0 post-pandemic. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that the name of the game? Like transfer. I always say about entrepreneurship. I'm like, you're supposed to, people are like, you've changed. I'm like, aren't we supposed to change? Like, isn't that the whole point? Like we're supposed to transform. We're supposed to evolve, you know? So as a leader, what would you say, Gail? I mean, you're leading a team, you're leading an enterprise and you work with so many people, but like as a leader, as the, the mother of the mothership, if you will, <laughs> you know, how have you changed? Like, how are you different now on the other side? Like you as a leader, you as Gail, the human that leads the business, right? Like, how are you different and how has that affected your, your leadership style? You like to go deep, don't you, Judy? I know. I, can't, I love this question. I love it because the answers are so spectacular, you know? For me, you know... I think COVID just grabbed my ego and said, let's just take that over there to that mm. corner of the parking lot because there <laughs> is no room. And in that, I realized that, you know, some of the people I hired actually are better at certain things than I am. Mm. Um, I realized that for the business to stand on its own two feet, it has to be able to do that without me. I realized that the Ooh. only way that it can is for me to get out of the way and let other people do it, even though wow. sometimes I can overhear a conversation and I'm slightly cringing, but I have to let <laughs> them figure out, oh, I wouldn't have said it that way. And, and you can almost hear the phone conversation going, they get it, but I can't always yeah. be there being the one. I have to let go. So I make a conscious effort now, one day a week, I legitimately don't even come into the office so that they can start to do things without me. And I think maybe next year that might be two days a week. And I love it so much that it's hard to let go. But isn't it like, you know, what's that old thing I learned in fourth grade? If you love something, let it go. If it comes back your way, it's yes. yours. If not, it never was <laughs> or something like to that. Be. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing I like in business. It. I have to let go. And then now it's funny. I let go. And now people come to me and go, hey, I really need your help. That's when I should be involved, not involved every day just to be involved. But when they realize yeah. she might know a thing or two, maybe, I don't know. So there's just a lot of, I think, the letting go of the ego and letting go of the new team and believing in them and watching to see where they take it. That's pretty cool. Oh, I love it. That's a beautiful answer. I'm so glad I asked you because I think that's a really great, uh, the letting go. I really respect that. Mm -hmm. And I love your transparency mm -hmm. there. It's so real. Let's talk about, let's, there's a lot of people listening 
that either want to speak or know that speaking on stage could could help them grow their business, right? I think uh, public speaking and being able to do that well is an incredible growth strategy. So whether you want to speak full time or you know whether you have a business, you know even Gail probably on behalf of your business, you have to you have to be able to do this, right? You have to get on stage, you have to be able to sell, you have to pitch, right? So you're working with speakers all day, every day since 1994. That's right. Tell me, tell me what drives you crazy. Like, what do you see speakers do that is either antiquated, that doesn't work, or that is a big turnoff to to a bureau um, in any capacity? Just anything that comes to your mind there. Like, what mistakes are you seeing, you know, speakers make? In general, okay. This is this is just a little thing that kind of annoys me. Theoretically, I would like to link in with every speaker that requested. Theoretically, <laughs> it makes sense, but I avoid it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's really not the right mindset. You should say yes. And then the absolute second I request, I accept the request. They're like trying to conduct business via a LinkedIn message. There's no relationship. Mm. It's like the nanosecond that I said yes, they're like, hey, here's my reel. Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah. I just don't like that. Or, you know, they're sending me a lot of stuff on Instagram. Look, I go on Instagram to see what my nieces are doing, not to conduct business. <laughs> and I just, there's something about the social media yes. aspect. Yet there are other people that don't ever try to capture me and I end up falling in love with them because I follow their shenanigans and I feel kind of close to them and, and I like it, you know? So it's somehow yeah. like, you know how when you meet somebody, like your name's Robert, let's say, and you meet somebody, hey, Bob, how are you doing? And maybe you've never been called Bob in your entire life. It's just like this assumption of familiarity. And there's something about that that bothers me. If you had a clue or if new speakers had a clue how many people are reaching out to us telling us that they're the next mm. best thing since sliced bread? It's a lot. Yes. And when I came out of the right. pandemic, I felt an obligation and a more stronger sense of loyalty to the speakers that I went through the pandemic with. And no doubt, every day we're probably missing some just amazing new speakers but you've got to find an authentic connection to get into a bureau. You can't just blast every single person with, here's my reel and I'm amazing and I need five minutes of your time. There's got to be a better yeah. way. And what's a better way? Be out there doing good work and let me hear about you. Like, hey, I noticed we were going to book three speakers and we only booked two. What happened to that third opportunity? Well, we found this great speaker and, and I'm like, that's okay. I need to pay attention. Who is that? So that's one thing. Be out yes. there doing great work be introduced to me by a client that I adore. I mean, I've got one client mm. in Houston and she, every once every two years, she'll send me an email and say, hey, you need to know about this person. I take that very seriously. Or be introduced yeah. to me by a speaker who I admire. You know, P. Sheehan, he's somebody I've booked well over a hundred times. He's not going to introduce me to every new speaker that he meets on every airplane ride that he's on. But if he takes yes. the time to send me an email and say, Gail, particularly client so-and-so, you, you really need to tune in. You need to pay attention to this person. They're really strong. That's going to matter. But 
I could spend my entire day just reading unsolicited emails from speakers. And if I did, I would not tend to our existing clients, nor would I book the speakers that we've had a long-term relationship with. And it's challenging and it's hard. And I have a team that helps me vet it. But a strategy, a strategy. If you want to get into GDA speakers, how are you going to do that? That already works with them. Um, just having a strategy. That, that's that's my best I think tip. that's good. And no, it's beautiful. And I think um, the thing that keeps coming up for me with you is the word relationships. Like, you know, it's this, and I think that's what, is making the old school feel more new school. And I think so many people now, and that's the change I'm feeling on the other side of COVID, is just a lot of this old school stuff, like from the handwritten thank you notes to just like taking your time. Like you just described something like, okay, we become friends on LinkedIn or get connected on LinkedIn and now I'm spending you my reel. It's basically like you can equate that to going on a date with someone and making out on the first date. Like, it's like, no, like, can you hold my hand first? Like, should we maybe like smooch by a car? Like, yeah. Why are you going for the hard makeout right now? This is so weird, right? Like, I it's love that the same analogy. Thing. It is exactly the same thing. And it's funny you mentioned old school becoming the new school because I'm a huge fan of a thank you note. And, you yes. know, we had a generation expert in the other day and I sort of felt like I was being targeted a little bit. But, um, you know, <laughs> if so, just because you send an email doesn't mean the person got it. Like, freaking pick right. up the phone That's and true. say, hello, I sent you an email. Did you get it? Oh, my God. Last Friday. Four people have come back based on my phone call to say, hey, I didn't recognize that name. I didn't notice that email. Thank you so much for the call. Yes, we're ready to go. So I understand that the new way to communicate is text messaging and email, but not everybody does it that way. And it never hurts to do the one-two punch. Try the new way, try the old way. See which one lands, you know? Yes, I know. And just like old people like me need to be cool to text, I think younger people need to consider the possibility Pick that the maybe a phone call might be beneficial, you know? Pick up the damn phone. God, I love Judy. Oh my God, I love you too. Okay, so Gail, what I love that you're saying about this phone number thing, we just on our website um, edited all of our lead generation forms. So when someone's like the contact form on my website, it used to just be like name, email, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Now I'm like name, email, phone number, yes. what do you want to talk about? Because listen, there are so many emails that do end up in the black hole or so I... many times like, you know, spam catches it or by the way, someone's life happens. So it is your job to pick up the phone. I'm writing it down to make sure that our lead form asks for a phone number. I need to make sure. Isn't that it a good one? Yeah, I think we do. Because now we can catch it. Yeah. Well, I never heard back from you on email. Okay. Well then why wouldn't you pick up the phone and call me? We just had this happen with the contractor we're working for. They were like, well, we never heard back from you. And I'm like, I'm like, you have my cell phone. Yeah. Could you have called? Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so I love that you're really schooling us in the old school because <laughs> it is all about relationships. Oh, I'm your girl. If you want to be schooled in old school. Yes. Same, is. same. Bring it. And you also just gave us some really beautiful tips on like how speakers can find a way in. And at the end of the day, in my opinion, the workaround is the work. And you have to know your you have to know your people. You have to put in the effort, learn about their agency, learn about their clients, learn about where they came from, all the different things. If we connect on social media, like you said, 
I'm not trying to make out yeah. on the first date. Yeah. Like it is yeah. so, or make, or at least, you know, yeah. court me. Like take yeah. me for a milkshake. Come yeah. on. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so <laughs> I love this. Um, what, what would you say is trending? Like what trends in the speaking biz are you sort of seeing right now that you're loving, that you're watching, you know, as someone who is thought leading in this space and running a really successful bureau, um, what are you seeing out there that you're, you're liking, or maybe that us speakers should pay attention to? I think clients are equating, I'm paying this much money, what is the take-home value? I mean, that question's been around for a while, but it's not enough just to check a lot of boxes. Like, what is the take-home value? What are the actionable items? What are you giving me that I didn't have before I sat down in this audience? So I think take-home value is really, really important. I think the ability to paint a vision, and that's on us as agents. Like, I need to be able to explain what it's going to be like if they hire you. But if I don't even know you, how am I going to paint that vision? So that's so why we book our high-profile speakers over and over, because we actually have experience with them. And so how do you yeah. learn to paint a vision? Well, by sitting in an audience. So if you are speaking in Dallas, Texas, and you want to send the invitation to our speaker relations team, like, hey, I'm speaking on this date. You know, we got 12 people here, 10, 11. Maybe we can get somebody in the audience. Maybe they can come back and help us paint the vision. Because that's really what our role is. It's, it's very much, anybody can type in keynote speaker. But the reason they yeah. come to us is to mitigate risk and for us to explain, well, this is what it's going to be like working with them. And this is what it's going to be like when they speak. So that's a big thing. Diversity is ever evolving, you know, and, and, mm. and, and we acknowledge that I'm a little on the old school side. So when I first started hearing the word diversity, like in the beginning, <laughs> what it meant is I would send out a proposal and it would be all men. And so the very first conversations on we need some diverse options were like, aren't there any women in the speaking business? So literally in the beginning, in in my experience, diversity was, do you have any female options? Then diversity became, do you have any people of color? Now we've got men and women, but they're all look the same. So do we have any people of color? And that started to be the definition of diversity. And then diversity extended to more global options, like is everybody from the United States or do we have somebody from another country? Do we have someone from a different religion? Do we have someone from a different gender preference? You know, so diversity is so big. And I used to have to give reminders, like look at that proposal before you hit send. But now I would say it is common sense and just second nature to, and what you do is you do put your best, like who's the best person on customer service, bing, 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 bing. You put everybody in there and then you hit view proposal like you're the client. You sit back and go, I'm good. Okay, I've got Mm. some women. Okay, I've got a global preference here, you know, a global representation here. Oh, good, we've got someone from this community. Okay, this is looking good. And sometimes you stop and you go, I just simply cannot send this. And that's when you go on the Slack channel and you're like, I'm working on a proposal and this is my topic and I'm lacking diversity. Who have you got? And that's when we brainstorm. So this issue of diversity has become broader and 
different people, like larger corporations that have ERGs, employee research groups, they care more like about this issue because they have these groups that represent these communities. And so it's, it's, um, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it's great that we're having to, you know, really make sure that, that we're doing a good job of providing options. Yeah. Yeah. Checking all the boxes and also providing a few boxes they might not have, um, known about otherwise, right? right. Uh, right. So your job is to sort of, and I think the biggest thing I'm always reminding people of, because everybody, you know, I think that it takes a, it takes some time to work with a bureau. Usually you have to have, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50 paid kigs under your belt, right? You've spent some time in the business. You've got solid tape because at the end of the day, it is a trust thing. Like, and I'm, I'm always telling my meeting planners, I'm like, yes, my job is of course to make sure this audience gets value and, and, leaves different and, and feels that there's an impact. And, and, and of course that's a priority, but my other real job is to make sure that when that meeting planners boss walks up or they're like, I want them literally tapped on the shoulder. Same with my bureaus. I'm like, I want them to be like, Oh my God, where'd you find this girl? Holy cow. That was incredible. Where'd you find her? I want you to be the star of this show. And the way we do that is through trust. And like Gail, when you put my name on a proposal or anyone on your team, you are literally saying, I believe in her work and I know she, she can deliver. And when you get there, you better do it. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got to deliver for me. Right. Yeah. And, and so you, it's, you bring a, a big truck. You bring up an interesting thing because today we had a speaker stop by and we got into this conversation of who are you booking the most often, which kind of led us to who are you pitching the most often? And it was mm. eye opening that who we're pitching the most isn't always who we're booking the most. And I think it's because we learn about new people. We like their content, but it's back to being able to paint this vision. Until you get a booking under your belt, you're almost reading the bio to the client, but you're lacking a little bit of the emotion. Like, oh my gosh, she's so easy to work with. And oh, the client last month said that she was just a doll on site. And oh my gosh, she stayed till the very end. You don't have those stories to tell to paint color and to put vision around the option. So there are, like, I can think of some speakers that I just adore as humans and we pitch them a lot, but it hasn't really happened yet. You know, and it's back to your dating yeah. analogy. I mean, sometimes you just gotta be friends for a long time before the spark It is, hasn't right? converted. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't converted or you haven't been able to see them on stage. So what can what can we do to make your life easier? What can speakers do to make your life easier and, you know, to to um help trust happen so yeah. that we're not just making out on the first yeah. date? <laughs> I think um asking a really simple question, what is the best way to communicate with your bureau? So at GDA speakers down. The answer is you send it to speakerrelations at GDA.com. And that's a shared mailbox, and they know how to work that mailbox. And one of our core values is efficiency. So I want, I personally want one email to come in. I want it to go to that shared mailbox. I want, ideally, for the speaker to update their own information. But if for some reason they don't, then I want that team to update it. Then I want that team to prioritize what's come in that week, and I want them to share it in the meeting. I don't want an email going to five different people. I don't need five agents reading the same email. 
I need my speaker relations team to read it and give them the headline headline of what they need to know. So that's Perfect. one way. And clearly in our world, we have a speaker portal. Speakers can go on and keep their information updated and that will win you big points in my book. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Do the work, right? Yeah. And what is your preferred way to communicate? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just emailing every independent yeah. rep. Because a lot of times your reps work as independent contractors. They they have sales goals. They have revenue numbers. They're trying to, you know, bring new clients on. You know, one of the other things I've, I've found could be really helpful is I have... Um, brought bureaus clients. So I've said, you know, this would be a great fit. Are you looking for someone to help you book? I'm one of many speakers you need to fill. What about you should meet Gail with GDA? Maybe they can. And then you're sort of, you know, instead of, so you sort of give commission in order to build a relationship and get yourself sort of into a a bureau as well. So that's an interesting way to do it too. So um, you are just a well, I mean, I could talk to you about a million things for a million hours. I, I think one of the things I love to ask leaders, and certainly before I get you out of here to keep us on time, um, I'd love to know, um, you know, as a leader, someone who runs a business and has built a business, what is like the best piece of advice you've gotten and what's the worst? So maybe we start with the worst. What is the worst advice you've ever gotten or that you hear out there? So for example, for me, it's like, um, just jump and the net will catch you. I'm like, yes, you got to jump, but you better have a net. Like you better have money in the bank. You better have some contacts some business you're bringing with you. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to jump when you've got a net, a little bit of a net, right? Yeah. Um, so that's like, you know, when fake it till you make it, I think yeah. that's not real great advice. Yeah. I think you've got to be yourself <laughs> from the jump. What about you? What's advice, bad advice that you you've heard over the years oh my or goodness. that someone gave you? I, I don't have an immediate answer that comes to that. I mean, I have a lot of, I couldn't limit it to best advice because I probably have four or five. I might have to. So good. Give me your yeah, favorite. Yeah. my fa- Ooh. Well, I'm going to have to give you several. So I love, good. you know, do what you love and the money will follow. I think that's been so true mm. for me. I mean, I love this. If I won the Publishers Clearinghouse tomorrow, I would come back to work. I would just not worry about money as much. Uh, wow. So I think doing what you love and and being and being connected to the mission is really important. And I do believe that speakers change lives. I believe it in my heart of hearts. So I love putting speakers in front of audiences. I love the advice my business coach reminds me over and over. And particularly, it has more to do with my relationship with employees and ever evolving. But she always says, Gail. Frustration is nothing more than unmet expectations. Did you make your expectations clear? And then I'm like, no, wow. I didn't. Say that again. Say that again. Frustration is Expe- nothing more than unmet expectations. So that kind of leads me to Brene Brown, who oh, that's at home, but Brene Brown says clear is kind. And I think for so many so years, you know, I didn't want to be clear. Because I kind of thought people should just intuitively know it and read my mind. And so same thing with me getting annoyed with people. Like I was never telling them. And so now I'm all about like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated. Why am I feeling frustrated? Did they know what my expectations were? No, they didn't. Was I clear? No, I wasn't. Okay, well, here's an opportunity. So I think that's wow. humongo bongo. Huge. Huge. Humongo bongo. Humongo bongo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my new favorite. Yeah, I am so yeah, stealing that. Yeah, take it. Take it. Remember that. And then I think gossip. 
So yes, I love running an all-female organization. I love it. I love it. I love it. But just like when I was on the PTA, I wasn't really super clear on gossip is having a conversation with three people when all three people are not present. So when Ooh. someone call, comes to you and wants to talk about person, like you and I are here and we want to talk about Michaela, if Michaela's not here, then I think in order to shut down the gossip, I'm like, hey, Judy, do you want me to call Michaela and invite her in here so she can be a part of this conversation? Or are you going to yeah. go talk to Michaela? Because I don't think it's going to make a huge impact here if you and I talk about her and she's not even in here. And I just think as women particularly... Yeah. We owe that to each other. Yes. Like, we can't be talking yes. about somebody that's not present. So I'm a real big advocate on that. And it's so easy because a lot of times we just want to be validated. So we just kind of want to tell our story yeah. to get that other person to be like, yeah, you're right. She was wrong. Yes. But that's not that's not winning. Nobody's winning if that person that we're analyzing you know, and making the villain is yeah. a present. So I'm like huge on that. And, and kind of along with that, when people come to you and want to tell you a story, this is I learned from my business coach. Is there a request? Like, why are you telling me this story? Is there a request? Because if there's not, Ooh. then like, hey, that's cool. Okay, see ya. But so these are just little things that yeah. they took me a long time to learn. And once I learned them, I'm like, boy, life is so much easier. So dang. That clear is kind. Clear, clear is, kind. is kind. I think it's Brene. as a leader, you I have gotten myself. God, bow down. I, I have gotten myself in so much trouble because I am setting expectations, but I haven't. Have I been clear? And well, no wonder I'm disappointed because I didn't really ask for what I wanted. I didn't speak up when I had the chance. And that is the kiss of death. Um, and as a leader, you just gave, you just dropped a bomb there. Humongo bongo. Humongo bongo. Humongo bongo. <laughs> Humongo <laughs> Bongo. My goodness, you That's are... going to be the title of this episode. Humongo Bongo. Oh, you watch out, yeah. Gail. You watch <laughs> out. Um, this has been full of so much information. And you were so kind to stop by the show and to share just all kinds. I mean, guys, to, to get not just a speaker's bureau on a podcast, but to get the owner, creator, and CEO of said badass speaking bureau on the podcast is doesn't happen a lot. So I am honored that you stopped by. I'm so proud to be in your, your stratosphere, a small part of the big world you're creating and, you know, represent GDA. I love working with you guys. And I hope there's a lot more of that down the pipeline. And the second I get a talk in Dallas, you got a front row seat, my friend. I just need to get booked out there again. That's awesome. Thank you. I love what you're doing. But, but Gail, Thank you so much. I love what you're doing. And uh, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Gail. Isn't she just a doll? I, again, I apologize for the leaf blower and the not so perfect audio, but the humongo bongo uh, mic drops she dropped. Hopefully we're worth it. I love that, right? Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Like... That was my biggest takeaway, and I'd love to know what yours is as well. So holla at your girl, baby. Come see me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. How did you like the show? Share this with your buds. Rate and review if you haven't already. Uh, it means the world to us. And drop me an email anytime. Hello at judyholler.com. I'd love to hear from you. Who do you want to see on the show? What questions do you have for me? Uh, I read every email, so talk 
to me. In the meantime, go out there, keep living out loud, and we'll see you next week right here on the show. 